Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out, no matter how hard it rains. In my city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 284th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at HawkBlogger, and uh, oof. biggest accomplishment of today was that I actually watched that entire football game. Folks, this was an ass-kicking. If you came here to yell about Geno Smith, if you came here to yell about Shane Waldron, if you came here to yell about the offensive line, about the receivers about the running backs, about the defense, about the coaching uh, in general, like anything. All of it's fair game. All of it's fair game because, uh, folks, nothing nothing today was good. Uh, there's, some, there's some things we can talk about that were, you know, not the worst possible outcome, but in general, um, this was just an absolute ass kicking Seahawks are not it. They're not close to being it. Uh, I think most of us were pretty surprised that they were even in a conversation for being it. And I think there'll be a lot of folks that get some, something twisted this week. Uh, that the Leonard Williams trade was about the Seahawks believing they were contenders this year. I, I still don't believe that's the case. I think that they were trying to get, uh, I think they were trying to get Gino for, or sorry, Leonard Williams for years and they just managed to get him now. But uh, in general, this was, this was brutal. And, um, I think that most people are going to be here to to talk about how bad Gino is. Fine to do that. Gino was not good today. Gino threw a bunch of bad passes. I think that there are very few quarterbacks that would have done much more behind this offensive line and with that game plan that we saw today. I think uh, there wasn't just one area that the Seahawks offensive line failed in one place where they were getting giving up pressure it was pretty much every part of that offensive line was collapsing and it wasn't after five seconds it was after one second half the time 
Um, not only that, but even after the the Ravens offensive or defensive line was showing that they were dominating, Shane Waldron made no changes essentially whatsoever. There were a lot of long developing intermediate to deep passes. There was no swing passes out to running backs or outlets even available in a lot of these play designs. Uh, that was awful. We knew coming into this game, the one thing the Seahawks had to find a way to do to compete on offense was run the ball. And they got nothing. The offensive line not only couldn't pass protect, they couldn't run block. Uh, the team continued to play Kenneth Walker and not really give Zach Charbonnet a lot of chances. Um, the longest running play on the day for a running back was six yards. Um, it was it was just an all around ass kicking. The defense had a few things that were went well. I mean, they started out. Um, playing a pretty solid game and keeping the team in it and had a couple turnovers that they forced boy. Mafe gets his sixth sack of the season, six straight games with a sack. He strip sacked uh, on Lamar. That was a big play. Uh, you saw a fumble forced at the end of the first half by uh, Trey Brown. Uh, that was a big play, but I mean, you're really reaching to find anything positive there. Uh, you know, look, I think the the, the story everyone's going to want to hear, everyone's pissed off. No one likes getting their asses kicked. So everyone wants to just hear Gino's awful. Gino needs to be replaced. Uh, that's what everyone wants to hear. I think that's pretty much, it's pretty clear to me that's what people are going to want to hear. I still feel the same way I feel about Gino, which is, He's someone that can run a functional offense, and he's not someone that can hero you out of a dysfunctional offense. That's how I feel. I, I think <laughs> he's not mobile enough to escape pressure and you know extend plays. He is not um, cautious enough to avoid bad throws when he's under pressure. You know, he's just not the guy that if you're going to have an offensive line that yields pressure quickly and yields pressure from everywhere and yields pressure more than any other offensive line. You know, I don't know if that's actually true, but they like the last few weeks, you're talking about 40 to 50% pressure rates per drop back. I don't think that's, he's going to be a guy that's going to win for you. If that's your team, I don't think a lot of guys are going to win for you if that's your team, but you need someone who's more of a, more of a scrambler, you know, and so for folks that that are like, hey, let's play Drew Locke. I think that's probably your best argument is that, hey, if the, the offensive line is not going to perform and you're not going to be able to you know, create any sort of pocket for a, a quarterback to step into, then get somebody who makes stupid decisions. But at least he can scramble, you know, like he's not going to throw more interceptions than Geno's throwing right now. Um, he may get you a few first downs with his feet. The Geno doesn't get you. So, I mean, I think that's probably your best argument for, for Drew Locke. I have zero confidence that Drew Locke is, you know, someone who's going to lift a team and make you a, a, a bigger winner. Um, I've said all the time, I wanted the Seahawks to draft a quarterback last year. I didn't want them to draft a quarterback at five overall, but I wanted them to draft a quarterback. They didn't. Um, they absolutely need to draft a quarterback this year, no matter what, um, I've been steadfast in that. Um, 
I still don't think that there's a free agent quarterback or a trade for a quarterback you can make that's going to um, be better than what you're getting from Geno Smith. So I think people are just pissed that this is our lot in life, and I get it. Um, I think the biggest question for me is, what do you do about this offensive line? Um, you know, we'll see how it comes out. I, I've never been super impressed by Charles Cross yet. I thought he had a good game last week. I think generally he's not great. Abe Lucas isn't playing all year. You know, hopefully he'll come back. So we can't really judge that. So I'm not going to gripe about the right tackle play, but the guard play in this game, Damian Lewis was just absolutely trash. I think um, Phil Haynes looked bad. I think Evan Brown for the first time looked like he was struggling. It was just, they collapsed the inside of that line and there was just no place to go. So, you know, you're not going to replace your two tackles that you just drafted. Those are your guys. And one of them's missed most of this season. The other one is not looking like he's trending in the right direction. And your two guards, I think, are both up for free agency. So you got to hope Anthony Bradford, who's not a great pass protector, by the way, um, you know, can be the answer at one of those guard positions. And then I think you got to figure out what you're going to do with the other. Do I feel good about paying? Damian Lewis, a big contract? No, I do not. I don't think Damian Lewis is is a good guard. I don't think Phil Haynes is that good of a guard. And so then you're left with like, what do you do there? Um, so that might be after quarterback, that's probably your biggest priority on this team is like adding a good, another good interior offensive lineman to give yourself some shot at, at building a, a an offensive line that, you got to be able to start run blocking at least. I think everybody, everybody wants to talk about passing and I get it, but this team has not been able to run the ball and they have not stuck with it. And some of that's got to be on Shane Waldron. Some of this on the offensive line. Um, I thought the game plan today was awful by Shane Waldron. Um, it looked like he had no respect for the best defense in the NFL. He was his play designs were just super ambitious and there's just very little adjustment. And and you add to that Gino, who's already stubborn and you know, become more stubborn in that way about just looking downfield. And it was just a really, really bad game plan. So, you know, I didn't think this it, it became pretty apparent pretty early that the Seahawks weren't gonna score a touchdown in this game. Like it, it just they didn't have an answer. They had nowhere to go. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. They couldn't pass protect. They couldn't run block. And so I know. I mean, I, I, I understand why everybody just wants to um, put it all at the feet of the quarterback. You do you. That's not how I see this. I, I don't think. I think you could have put Russ peak Russell Wilson in this game, even with all his scrambling. And I don't think the score would have been much better. I really don't. I think <laughs> this was an immaculate performance by a very, very good Ravens team. Um, I think the offensive line was an absolute joke. Um, and, and I think that uh, this was going to be a, a big loss one way or another. So, I also want to give some credit where it's due. I mean, that Ravens team's great. Um, they were, they were, when I was doing the 
previewing this team and looking at it. And I always try to find some weakness somewhere. They don't have one. I mean, maybe their biggest weakness is they don't have dominant receivers. But, man, this is a very, very good football team. It, this is like every aspect of that team is good. Running, passing, different types of running, different kinds of passing. Um, let's want to thank Lawrence here for a super chat. Get him on here. Lawrence says, hoping we find our rhythm, but oof, that execution and execution and gameplay uh, drops 24 on that defense though. Yikes. Um, Donna did drop. I'm not sure I follow that, that one, but anyway, um, it was, uh, it was bad. It was bad. So I, I'm not, this is not going to be a super long post game show to be honest. Uh, I'm not all that excited to spend a lot of time talking about this one. Um, I think most of the people that are here are probably here just to troll about Gino or troll about the Seahawks. So, um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not particularly excited to spend time doing that. Uh, a couple things I'll say that were other things that mildly positive, um, was good to see Leonard Williams today. Thought he flashed a couple times. Um, I think he'll have a bitter, bigger impact down the road. Um, already talked about Boye Mafe. Um, I thought that um, JSN, I actually thought his first drop of the game was a pretty big drop. Um, don't think that was the difference between a win and a loss, but that was a well-executed third down play after a couple good plays to get into a third and short. And... You know, Gina made a good throw on time, on target, and JSN just dropped a gimme for a first down. Those little things early on, like when you're in enemy territory, you know, when you're on the road, those, those get magnified. So that was tough, but that was his only drop of the day. He came back, had six catches for 63 yards, had a couple nice ones, maybe his best catch of the year on an adjustment down the right side. That was good. Um DK Metcalf, again, for the third straight game, catches less than half of his targets. He caught one reception and four targets today. Um, so he's just not getting untracked and not able to really uh, have an impact. Tyler Lockett and Gino were not on the same page today. There was multiple times where Gino threw somewhere that he thought Tyler was going. One of them was the interception. Um and Tyler was going a different way. So rare situation for them to be off. This is the kind of game where, you know, you almost knew Gino was going to have to be in, in sync with Tyler because you need a, a, a quarterback to play with a lot of anticipation, throw into some tight spaces, have the receiver read the play the exact same way the quarterback does, be at the exact spot at the right time because there's just not a lot of holes. Again, this is like the best coverage team in the NFL that they went up against. And uh, Tyler just caught three catches out of eight targets today. So, um, you know, not great. Once again, tight ends are nowhere to be found. So the tight ends have, have dropped off. I got excited a little bit early on when I saw them play some two back formation where they had Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker in there at the same time. They had started doing that a couple games ago and I and had a little bit of success, but it was only like three or four snaps in, in those games. And again, I think they only did it for like four snaps in this game. I don't think they did a bunch of two tight end, three tight end types of things. Um, it just really feels like they are they're really focused on finding a way to pass the ball 
which I get from some angle, but it feels really like it feels really important with this team and this offensive line and the way things are going to have a semblance of a run game and have a, at least as much focus on how to get that untracked as they are putting into getting the the passing game going. In fact, I feel like that could be part of what gets the passing game going. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of my biggest piece. Otherwise, I don't think there's a lot to I don't think there's a lot to walk away from this game with that's super constructive. So uh, feel free to stick around if you'd like and yell about Geno Smith um, if that's your deal. Um, otherwise, um, you know, as I put it in pregame on on Twitter, the the Seahawks team was. They, they weren't really expected to be, they weren't expected to be a playoff team last year. Somehow they managed to be. They aren't really expected to be a Super Bowl contender this year at all, but then they end up five and two and in first place. And so they're a little precocious. They've got a, you know, the, one of the most sets of young players starting on this team and on the roster, first or second year players of any team in the league. And the other teams that have that many youngsters are certainly not, you know, sporting five and two records coming into this week. And this was kind of like a precocious student that's taking a test to see if they can skip a grade. And, uh, you know, it would have been this massive, massive statement had the Seahawks been able to win this game. It would have been somewhat of a statement if they could have played them close. Um, turns out they were not ready. They, they could not pass that test. They're going to have like they are not a contender right now. Does it mean that there's no chance that they become one later this year? No. I mean, they'll have plenty of other chances to prove themselves, but they're not ready right now. And I think I think if the offense had been somewhere above atrocious, I thought the defense was doing enough to keep this a reasonable game. Like, I don't think the defense eventually just got crushed. So, like, I'm not here to say the defense played a great game, but... um Held scoreless in the first quarter. I thought that they were they were like creating some plays in that first half, but the offense just had nothing. So I think the offense right now is bizarrely like there's people that are outside the Seahawks fan base that are like the Seahawks offense is great and they're doing Shane Waldron's doing all this amazing stuff. And I think Seahawks fans are like, what are you talking about? Um, so this offense does not have an identity right now. There's nothing that they do really well. And there's nothing that they can do repeatedly. And to have nothing that is like kind of your go-to that you can just bread and butter. When you face a really uh, talented defense playing terrific football and you don't even have your identity and know like what your go-to is, then you're kind of screwed. So I don't know. It feels very week to week with this team. Um, and I just don't think that they are, they're not, they're clearly not ready. So, um, would have been nice for the score to be closer. Obviously, I don't think it matters that much. I, I just think the reality is this team's not ready to contend and compete with this level of football team. We'll find out when they play some of the teams coming up, the commanders, they're not going to be an easy win next week either, as much as people want to think so with the trades that they made. 
Seahawks are going to have to play good football on offense. They're going to have to put up more points than they've been putting up lately. And then they're going to have to go in to the Rams who are also, you know, that always a challenging team for them. And then they got that killer stretch that we've talked about. So it's going to be tough no matter what. The most likely outcome for the Seahawks team is that they're a playoff contender that maybe can win a game. Maybe that's the most likely outcome. Um, if they can do better than that, great. But today was not a good day. Today was not a day that's going to build confidence for anyone. Let's hope they got out of there with relatively few injuries. And let's hope that the, that they figure out what to do next. Cause uh, this was a, a pretty discouraging performance all around. Um, all right. I want to thank everybody for joining. I want to thank Lawrence for super chat. I want to thank people that came here for productive reasons and not to be assholes. Uh, and otherwise, please uh, give the show a like. Appreciate it. Click subscribe to the channel. And we will talk to you all later this week. Take care. Hey, folks. This is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention, become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tale of the Tape morning after articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks. Yeah.